An estimated one-fifth of private sector tech boards are women. The board list, a benefit corp started about a year ago, um, is aiming to change that with an interesting technology solution. I'm Laura Mandera with USA Today. I'm here with our senior tech writer, Jessica Gwynn, and Sukinder Cassidy, who uh, is a CEO, an entrepreneur, and has is the founder of the board list. Um, Sukinder, thanks for coming, and um, why don't you just give us the top-down view of the world and and just to, to, to rewind a little bit, wh- why start with private sector tech boards? I mean, why not start with um, the S&P 500, for instance? <laughs> Great. Well, thank you for having me. So I think, uh, I think the focus on tech boards is, first and foremost, if you look back at sort of the outrage on sort of uh, gender disparity in many ways in tech, as somebody who's been here for a long time and, quite frankly, benefited from being inside the tech community, Uh, About a year ago, I really felt like the place to start was in our own backyard. Um, There feels like there's a lot, uh, there has been for a long time actually, much more work down around corporate boards and independence for a bunch of reasons. You know, there's corporate governance rules, there's an increasing scrutiny, and, and, and there are actually databases out there that have tried to solve this problem in the public uh, governance world. But uh, I think the first and foremost reason was I wanted to start in our backyard and solve the problem. And of course, the the obvious thing here is there are many, many more private tech companies than there are public ones. So if you really want to influence the tech community, it's not about influencing public companies. It is, in fact, about influencing the startup ecosystem. Okay, so um, when uh, we wrote about you a year ago, well, almost a year ago, there were 700 um, uh, women who had been uh, endorsed um, by um, the board list. Now, the aim is to place more women on these tech boards that may become the next huge publicly traded company like a Facebook, um, but start early, right? Um, uh, just briefly tell us how it works and how, whether it's been successful and to what degree. Sure. Um, so we're uh, we're about 11 months old, and today we have, by the numbers, we have about 1,100 unique women who've been endorsed. We have about... Uh, 1,500 endorsements in the board list. They come from what we call an endorsing community, a community that has grown from when we started 50 VCs and tech CEOs and senior executives who had board experience were the founding members of the board list and uh, together endorsed about 600 women. Today we're about 600 unique endorsers. They run from um, John Chambers to Giashri at uh, Arista to uh, Ryan Smith at Qualtrics to Joanne Bradford at SoFi. I mean, seasoned and experienced men and, and women executives and CEOs who have board experience and who are leaning into this problem. So I think from a top level funnel perspective, we feel like we've grown the number of endorsements and of course the number of endorsers and candidates. But here's the most interesting thing. Why did we do that? We did it not to be a database, but to be a marketplace. And over the past nine months, we've had 107 searches started in the board list. Now, that doesn't mean they've all completed, by the way. We've had three completions through the board list, meaning three placements we can track specifically to the women we introduced. We've probably had another 15 to 20 women who are on the board list, placed on boards, independent of whether they were introduced by us. Um, and, you know, the remaining boards may, board searches may still be open or they may be canceled. But the point is, the core thesis of the board list was that if you um, increase supply and make supply easy and the discovery of great women candidates easy, that we will draw demand. And I think on that, by that measure, we actually feel really good because we look at the pipeline of demand and, and we see that it's growing. Um, I think the other place that I'd say the board list has been um, more successful is, 
you know, when you think about things that accelerate towards an inflection point, certainly we get a lot of earned media credit on Twitter and social media from companies who talk about the fact that the board list was an accelerator of their um, process in driving a woman to join their board as a, an awareness tactic, as a um, starter of the conversation inside the boardroom. So Rich Wong at Atlassian, you know, credited, uh, wrote me a note and credited the board list when Atlassian put two women on its board. And you just said, like, thank you for starting the conversation in the boardroom. Um, Ahology is uh, another uh, early stage company that just placed a woman on its board. Um, they didn't complete the process through the board list, but they credit the board list on social for having started the conversation. When United uh, posted a slate for activists, um, an activist posted a new slate for the board that ultimately didn't get chosen, by the way. Um, Brad Gerstner you know, went on to Twitter and said, you know, we posted, we put two women on the slate, those two women we found through the board list. And so we hear all this a lot, that we have been the starter of conversations. And I think that's an important element in defining sort of what success might look like for us. Okay, so you were showing us uh, beforehand, just to give the listeners kind of a visual map of what this is, if, if you're familiar with LinkedIn and the endorsements, um, one can be prompted to endorse friends in the LinkedIn network. So it's a little bit like that. There's some drop-down menus. If I've got a company that um, is, is a venture-backed startup and I want to inc- build, build a board and I'm, I'm going to go on here, um, what, what do I actually do? What <laughs> Great question. So first of all, um, yes, uh, in some ways you can call the board list a, if you were to think about, if you were looking at it visually right now, you would say it's a private LinkedIn, um, only it's very high quality. Everybody is invited. You need to be invited to endorse. <laughs> you as a candidate, you have to be nominated in order to be in our database. And even if you want to set up a board search, we do have a filter that we want to make sure you're serious, you're a legitimate company. We look for um, a minimum of $5 million in funding or in revenues because we wanna make sure that everybody in this network is super high quality and there for the right reasons and keeping the bar high, right? Uh, it's important uh, for everybody to have a really good experience. So that's that's one piece. When you think about what it looks like if you're actually coming in to search, well, the way it's pretty simple actually. If you hear about the board list, you can go to theboardlist.com. You can apply to be what's called a board searcher, which says, I have a board, I'm looking for a candidate. You give us a few details and then you set up um, a search, that self-search where you say, I'm looking for this a person from this type of industry predominantly with this type of relevant functional expertise because most board seats get filled when people is looking, are looking for a specialist of some kind, right? Usually by industry expertise. And then you can additionally filter based on what that candidate has been endorsed for. And the third major filter is, are they endorsed for an early stage board, a mid-stage board, a late stage board, or a public board? And that's really important because as we all know, the journey of an early stage board and the volatility of an early stage board and what it requires is, is different. Quite frankly though, it also means it opens up the funnel of a lot more women who are qualified because there are women who have seen scale even if they're not a sitting CEO that might be very valuable to an early stage founder. And conversely, that early stage founder may give her her first board experience that is on the way to taking a public company board. Um, so you can lastly, you can search by uh, uh, stage of company. And we think that's a very important filter. I think we've been seeing um, the topic of gender and tech um, really growing. And, and, and I do think that we're at some kind of inflection point. Can you talk a little bit about um, is pressure growing on the startup community um, to make sure they're at least considering a more diverse slate um, for board members, what the benefits are for those companies, um, and whether this trend may um, accelerate so that we actually see 
a critical mass of women on tech boards? So I think um, I think uh, I think those are great questions. So uh, let me take the last one first. Are we seeing a? Do we think that this is accelerating to towards some bigger momentum? Uh, I would say yes, and I wouldn't just credit the board list. I think the reality is that there are initiatives at every level, as you know, women in STEM, pressure on you know paid parental leave. You know, not just in the in California already has some level of it, but federally right you were seeing so you're seeing childcare. you're seeing women in stem we're looking you know uh diversity women of you know ethnic backgrounds and men of course you know so um ethnic and diverse inclusion is it's a theme of its own and then we have women in management and women in leadership positions and women on board so i think one of the reasons i think the board list you know will help accelerate the conversation is because it's accelerating all around us and as we know the pace of change is enabled by you know, more conversations in some ways take a boulder and, you know, tip it uh, like over a tipping point and down the other side. If the board list was alone, you know, and it was one conversation, quite frankly, the progress might be linear. But from our, from what we're seeing around us, even in the last quarter, you know, if you look at the number of women placed on tech private boards, I mean, just take a look at the unicorns. We've seen everything from Qualtrics named Kim Scott to their board. I'm happy to say both are boardless members, both Ryan, the CEO, and Kim. Um, we've seen Twilio appoint a woman to their board. We've seen uh, Judy Estrin join Medium's board. We've seen Ariana on the Uber board. Um, we just placed uh, Deirdre at Shutterstock's board, which is a public company. So I think if I just look at the last quarter alone, the number of announcements uh, – at least anecdotally, has accelerated. So I think it's we are a technology solution, you know, enabling one part of an ecosystem at a time where there is pressure on all parts of the ecosystem. So I think it will. I think it benefits every individual piece in the ecosystem when that happens. I think, conversely, I think that the boardless existence helps even, you know, uh, kind of people who are proponents of women in STEM because I think everybody is piling on in different ways, and so I think it creates pressure to look at this issue from all sides. Are um, investors, you know, uh, LLCs, but limited partners, everyone um, jumping in and providing some of that external pressure? I mean, what are startups hearing um, about whether they need women on their boards? Uh, well, you, you hit it, and I forgot. I realize I forgot to answer another one of your questions, which I'll make sure I do. So to answer your question, are limited starting to ask their venture partners? For sure. I think you're seeing pressure on limited partners asking their venture capital uh, teams about diversity among women VCs, diversity among women funded startups, as well as starting to look at, at, at board numbers. So I think we're seeing that that is one key trend. In terms of um, startups, I think it's, it's safe to mention, you know, uh, investors and CEOs themselves are starting to think about this. But when they say they're looking for, you know, diverse, diversity on their board, they are thinking about gender diversity. But really what they're thinking about is expertise, um, diverse experiences. And we saw that inside a survey we did with Qualtrics in uh, February of this year, where we surveyed CEOs who were in our in the boardless ecosystem, and 68% of startup CEOs said what's most valuable to them is diverse expertise. And so they're looking for diverse thinking, and they, that comes in the form of expertise most of all. And then about 74% said they thought that a gender diverse board specifically made them more effective. Yeah, they were pretty bifurcated on how many of them were paying attention to the issue. 38% said they um, thought it was very important to add a woman to their board right now, and 38% said it wasn't that important. So what those conflicting messages tell me is what they're really looking for right now is expertise, expertise, expertise. And quite frankly, you know, we see it in the board list. You know, it's not just coming to the boardroom because you're a woman. 
is becoming because you have a diverse set of experiences that are going to benefit that that CEO. Um, and then, of course, I think you get an added benefit when a female board member is not only brings the same, if not greater, expertise, diversity than any other board member, but they, in fact, bring a, a different perspective as a customer. They may bring a different perspective as one of your employees. They may give you feedback on how to deal with gender issues inside your own company. So of course the added perspective of a woman as a consumer, as an employee is important, but let's not fail to remember, like these are all highly qualified women who come with you know, diverse experience. Number one thing that CEOs are looking for. Sukinder, do you think that um, this we're looking for a skill set can all can work a, a, in the opposite directions as a sort of a crutch? So, um, and and is that something that this database is trying to offset? So, you know, it, it's maybe people pay lip service to the gender question, but what they say is, well, what we really needed these skill sets, so um, that's why we couldn't have had more women on our board because we we couldn't find them and mm -hmm. etc well certainly i would say to extrapolate from your question is the board list trying to make sure there there is no crutches yes i mean for sure you know our thesis is very simple there are women as qualified as leaders as you know any man you're going to find out there and you know and when we think about making it easy for you to discover them there's no doubt that we say at the board list, like we want to make sure that nobody can give the excuse that they didn't know where to find an amazing female board member. So, so what? Um, so if if it's about a fifth now, when when will you um, say it's been a success? <laughs> oh yeah, that's the you know I can't take I can't take all the numbers and take them alone. That's for sure. But I will say. I was telling you about the numbers on, you know, from the NASDAQ 250, right? A couple of years ago, I can't remember the law firm who did the survey. It's on theboardlist.com if you want to go check it out. They do it every year. That number was closer to 43% had a woman on their board. I mean, a couple of years later, it's 66%. So, I mean, just think about that. That's interesting, right? Now, in, in total numbers, 250 companies is not that high. But it does mean that if, over the course of two years, they went from, you know, what's 20% of 250? They had 40 more women joined you know, NASDAQ 250 board. So when you, what does this look like to me? I mean, the numbers are, uh, numbers are small, but I think we should, I think when we think about success, first of all, we should be looking at, if you look at the number of late stage companies and unicorns, which is a more finite universe, we should probably, note to self, <laughs> start measuring that number at the board list. Because I think you can look at the influencers and say, if the influencers go, is that one measure of success? Because then there's a downstream effect, which I believe. Certainly, we can measure the total universe, and I'm with you. I don't know. I don't know when that number doubles, but I know that it is accelerating. Um, so I think if we were to measure it, you would say success looks like you know number one, 100 percent of private company boards actually look at a diverse slate, regardless of where the numbers end up. Right? Did they consider a diverse slate? Um, I think that's one element of success. Hard to measure, but I think it's I think it's important. Number two, you know, what is every stage in the ecosystem doing? And and when we see the leaders go, I think that you know that's important to us. So we're seeing it at the Nasdaq 250. Let's watch what's happening at the unicorn level because I think that sends messages downstream to all founders who want to be them. <laughs> um, and, and then I think third, of course, we need to measure the absolute number of placements. And at the board list, one of our commitments. And one of the benefits of having a big endorsing member community, we have about almost 50 VCs who are partners from Benchmark to Excel to, um, uh, to Kleiner, is really that they have committed to help us annually give, a, give us board diversity stats because we can't get to these numbers alone so that we can start to measure annually our progress. And I think, of course, being able to measure and um, 
expose the measurement is one of the factors in change. Um, all right, so then let's just um, wrap by talking a little bit about um, the company um, you uh, founded and are running kind of uh, as, as your day job, as if, if the board list is, I, I, and you can tell me how much of your time is made up of um, um, handling board list issues, but it's called Joyous. Um, and um, yeah, first of all, let's just start with the board uh, the, the, and, and the makeup of your management. I like the diversity stats there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The diversity stats there have been uh, have been, pre been pretty good. Um, so currently we're at two of six people on the board are women. That has been as high as three. <laughs> um, we have an independent seat open that will make it three again. Um, of course, uh, the company's pretty diverse. We're about 66% women uh, at the company. And so, and in our leadership team, uh, interestingly, I had the reverse problem. When I first started Joyous, actually, I had a 100% female management team, so I actually lacked diversity the other way. Uh, today, at the leadership team, we're more balanced. Interestingly, we're probably probably now 40% women at the leadership team, so not 100. Um, and that's just a factor of, you know, as we scale, it's important to find, like everyone, we're not just looking for a woman or man. We're looking for the right person in the role. Um, uh, engineering for us has always been 50-50. Uh, so, and that was uh, because we had a great founding CTO who herself was a woman. Uh, so, uh, so we think of ourselves as, um, as hopefully good on the diversity stats, but we have work to do too. I mean, just like everybody, Joyce isn't certainly perfect on this dimension either. How would you extrapolate that to um, ethnic diversity? Um, did, did, did you also make um, the same kind of overtures to underrepresented minorities as you did to women? Did you have more or less success there? Yeah, no, that's actually a much harder question even for us. I mean, if you say, like, ethnic diversity, I mean, I'm Indian, so technically speaking, I'm included in that in that group. Um, but if I were to look at African-American and Hispanic representation at Joyous, it's very, very, very low. So... Um, so to be clear, I don't think I don't think we've done enough there, and um, and I think we're in the same boat with a lot of other startups, quite frankly. Um, so I would say we've made much less progress on um, ethnic diversity in our hiring, you know, composition. Um, and I think, quite frankly, you know, it probably points to what needs to happen, not just for Joyce, but for a lot of companies, which is. As you, as you fill jobs, getting very diverse in the same, you know, in the same way, which is like we will not look at a job unless we can get, you know, at least X number of candidates that represent the full slate of diversity. Now, the reality I will say for most starters, myself included, is most times, you know, we don't have nearly um, the access to maybe the broadest pools of talent that a Facebook or Google does, where they do get to see all the available talent, often for a startup you're struggling to find one person to interview for one job. So um, I think that is actually one of the more, just the more interesting things to think about. At a, at a certain stage of company, um, it's easier or harder to say, I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to interview 10 people for this job. I mean, and, and just note, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying we're right or wrong. I'm just saying it is a challenge when you are in an earlier stage company to even get that many candidates to the you know, table for every job. Mm -hmm. And then certainly um, to have the time to do it. That's one of the things it requires. It requires time. So it means that us as CEOs, myself included, have to back up and be a lot more deliberate in recruiting, which is sometimes a challenge when you're under the gun. Well, and that was something that we talked about um, when you started Boardlist. Um, I asked you. Yes. 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 And, <laughs> and that, that's something I wanted to ask you about because I did ask you then what you were doing to be deliberate about making sure that women of color 
were included among the women in the network since a network by its very nature is seeded by people who know each other um, and a lot of these women feel like they've been left out of that circle that is a great question and I think at the board list I think we have been a lot more deliberate about making sure there are women endorsers and candidates and male endorsers and candidates who themselves are uh, people of color or um, have have diverse networks Um, a good example is the board list first placement was in fact an African-American woman onto the board of challenged you know who was a director Carla Martin a director at Google Um, so I think that's that's super important but if you look inside of our networks we have women from Rochelle Parman who was at eBay um, you know on to Lisa Tatum who runs Landit you know so I think for us where we've probably been more deliberate is trying to find um, probably even more than candidates endorsers who bring who are themselves diverse and often that leads to diverse candidates as well so I mean a good example both Lisa and Rochelle are candidates in the board list but they're also endorsers meaning they have the ability to endorse others Stacy Stacy Philpop Brown is yet another one right so um, early endorser on the board list and you know and I think part of this is just as you pointed out you have to be deliberate in we have to be deliberate in making sure we're seeding the endorsing community as diverse has it been um, influential to have someone like HP have Stacy and create a board that has so many um, so much diversity on it? Does that does that trickle down into the rest of the tech community and set the kind of example that we need to see? It absolutely sets the example, and I think we saw it when we saw, well, you know, uh, Stacey appointed the HP board, and then, of course, subsequently she also became the CEO of TaskRabbit, you know, ascending after Leah, and that also created a whole ripple effect, as we saw one of the most high-profile African-American women in the Valley, you know, become a CEO of, uh, of a kind of a very loved startup uh, or start uh, of tech company. So we definitely see the ripple effect. I think... I think we can't underestimate the challenge, though, as you, identif- as you identified. Um, part of it is just getting the absolute numbers of Hispanics and African Americans into the tech industry, you know, to be able to create the pipeline, right? And so today I would say, and I'm sure I'm not alone in this thinking, that at least as when it comes to sort of putting, um, uh, putting ethnic diversity aside, if you look at gender, you know, I feel pretty strongly that that pipeline is pretty full, right? I think the reality is I'm much less clear, and this is the truth. I think this is where we need far more measurement at the company levels and beyond. You know, how we are doing in progressing the pipeline of Hispanic and African-American uh, and people of a color of all different types, right, or all different uh, backgrounds, both into tech and then through the leadership ranks. I think we're in a moment in time, quite frankly, right now where people are just starting to measure not just gender, but ethnic inclusion. And so I think in some ways it's behind gender in terms of being understood. And that, 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 that includes for me. I don't think I have as well-versed in knowledge, actually, quite frankly, of where we are in the life cycle of available talent, even for boards. Um, my hope is it's growing, but do I know the numbers yet? I don't. Have you thought about recruiting someone to run a board list for people of color, for underrepresented minorities in tech, um, since there's clearly a huge need, greater one would say, than with women? It's a great question. Well, first of all, my hope is, and you know, we've chatted about this before, um, I chose gender as a starting point because it was easy. And then within gender, of course, you can do um, ethnic diversity, and that makes sense. You know, whether or not the board list takes on this question, 
you know, it's something I think about. I will, I will just posit one question back to you. I haven't come down on either side of this. It's a technology, right? So our goal is to do something good with it, right? And to do something that advances uh, the state of tech. I would just say to you, the only question I struggle with in all of that is it's hard for me to imagine a board list where the only people who aren't allowed into it are white males. On the converse side, I would just posit back to you, that feels to me like reverse discrimination. So to some degree, rightly or wrongly, I chose gender because it was so clear. It was just such a, so clear and the divide was so clear. I certainly think about this at a broader level. I don't know the answer yet, but it seems to me, you know, the board list, if it's going to stand for something more than gender, should be about all slates being diverse slates, including with men on them. <laughs> so, so I would, uh, so I think that's one of the ways I think about the question without having a good, better answer for you right now on where we intend to go next. All right. Well, that sounds good. Um, that's probably a good time to um, close it up. Um, we appreciate you coming by. And uh, if you want to check out the board list, it's at uh, uh, www.theboardlist.com. Okay. And how can we follow you on social media? Oh, you can follow me at Sukinder Singh, and you can also follow the board list at the board list. Okay. You can follow uh, us at USA Today Tech and our Facebook Money and Tech page um, and uh, on SoundCloud and Stitcher and TuneIn. Um, we're a USA Today Tech podcast and check out our other offerings including Talking Tech and the Tech Roundtable and that's also on Stitcher, TuneIn and iTunes. Thanks for listening.